This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, August 19th. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, county passes COVID tipping point, Telluride to consider short-term rental moratorium, Bustang gets ready to launch Telluride Grand Junction route, and a mountain weather forecast. When it comes to the spread of COVID-19, San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin says the region is past a tipping point. Things are not as good as they were a few months ago, and it's, it's really hard to grapple with that because we have been doing so well. Franklin spoke on KOTO on Thursday. COVID numbers in the area have been climbing in the last few weeks, but Franklin points in particular to new samples from the wastewater treatment testing that came in Wednesday afternoon. It was 200,000 COVID copies higher than our highest wastewater sample during our winter surge. That recent sample, she says, showed 700,000 copies of the virus per liter. A good number to aim for, Franklin notes, would be up to 30,000. So we don't want to get stuck on a one-number piece, but the trend overall really has put us back into that winter surge disease burden through the wastewater um, data, which we know gives a better surveillance understanding of what's going on since we can't test or um, we can't test everybody and not everybody wants to get a test. On top of that local prevalence, increased cases across the state, Franklin explains, are also putting pressure on the healthcare system. We've had some regional partners that have had to shut down elective, elective surgeries because of outbreaks um, within their staffing. Plus, she notes, there's pressure from healthcare staff fatigue. The break that many have gotten, at least mentally over the summer, did not occur for a lot of these people on the front lines. And so staffing not only from a disease containment side, but also from a retainment side and taking care of them is um, already on the brink right now and um, people are feeling um, the pressures tremendously. Franklin urges everyone to get vaccinated, even as data shows the Delta variant is more transmissible and more able to infect vaccinated people because vaccinations reduce risk. Still, the virus, she says, is tricky. We have seen hospitalizations and we have seen deaths for those that have been infected with COVID that have gotten vaccinated. Um, It's significantly less than those that are unvaccinated um, and the benefits are clear, but it's not a zero tolerance, it's a risk mitigation. And since vaccines alone aren't an absolute silver bullet. We need to take um, all the other preventative measures like masking, hand washing, distancing and limiting um, our interactions with others extremely seriously as we enter this next phase. The county plans to roll out third booster doses of vaccines to certain immunocompromised individuals at upcoming clinics based on recent federal approval. On Wednesday, the Biden administration also announced plans to seek approval for booster doses for the general public based on data showing there may be waning vaccine effectiveness over time and the vaccines may not be as strong against new variants. If and when that rollout needs to happen, Franklin says the county is ready. We have really great support from leadership across the county to respond and um, build up clinics as um, quickly as um, allowed and needed. Franklin says the county is also preparing to administer vaccines to those under 12 once they are approved for them, 
which she says is anticipated for late 2021 or early 2022. As all this plays out, the region is also preparing for two large events that will bring thousands of people to the area, the Telluride Film Festival and the Blues and Brews Festival. Franklin says she is in contact with both events and discussing how to layer on protective measures to reduce risk. Both events, she adds, are using what she calls the national gold standard for large events, requiring vaccination or a negative test result. Which is um, a a huge step forward, um, and I commend them for that. I think that as we move forward, we're going to just have to respond to the time at hand. But the goal overall is keeping things moving, keeping things open, and making it as safe as possible so people can make those decisions and be um, able to mitigate some risks. The key steps now, Franklin notes, are to get vaccinated, wear masks in indoor public spaces, and stay home if you feel sick. Telluride Town Council will consider a moratorium on issuing new short-term rental licenses at their next regularly scheduled meeting this Tuesday. The last-minute addition to the agenda came out of a council retreat on Thursday looking at housing solutions. Mayor Pro Tem Todd Brown notes if council were to pass a moratorium, they need to do it immediately. Because if we put it out in the future, our, our staff is already overwhelmed with additional requests for uh, business licenses for more short-term rentals. So we got to stop it rather than putting it out in the future, even a few days, because that'll just make the waterfall happen. According to town clerk Tiffany Cavanaugh, the business license department has seen a significant increase in the last week in short-term rental license applications. A public gathering last week brought together members of the community to discuss a separate proposal to limit short-term rental licenses. While many attendees disagreed on whether to support that proposal, many agreed with putting a pause on new licenses. And council is taking note. Here's council member Geneva Shawnette. I think that when you know an unprecedented meeting happens amongst the community of people who vehemently disagree with each other, on an issue and they all agree on this one thing and ask us to do it immediately that we should do that. Council directed town attorney Kevin Geiger to draw up language for a moratorium for them to consider. Geiger notes an ordinance for a moratorium would require readings at two meetings. However, a majority of council also says they would be interested in passing a moratorium as an emergency ordinance with one reading. Geiger, however, says he needs to do some research around that quicker avenue before they consider the issue at their meeting on Tuesday, August 24th. If the moratorium passes, Telluride would join multiple other Colorado mountain towns, including Crested Butte and Steamboat Springs, that recently put a pause button on new short-term rental expansion. During their retreat, council also discussed other measures to reduce local housing strains. For the second time in less than a year, they considered temporarily allowing winter camping in Town Park. But this time around, the discussion quickly turned to allowing 10 RV camping spots in the town park parking lot rather than the campground, since it would be closer to restroom and shower facilities and easier to plow. Here's council member Jesse Ray Arguez. If town staff can make it work and we can pencil it out so we're not losing money, I'm for this because I think we need all the additional beds we can have right now to help guarantee 
employees for the winter and the stores that are stores and businesses that are needing them. Concerns include the ability to provide electricity and water and wastewater services. Council directed staff to look into the logistics of utilities and management. They also directed staff to take similar action to look into allowing some car camping at Carhenge and a town-owned lot next to Clark's. Another approach council discussed is offering a cash incentive for people who own underutilized short-term rental units to long-term rent for a year. Here's Councilmember Lars Carlson, who notes it would be a particularly appealing approach for people who own older, less expensive units. I mean, a new, um, when you're looking at, you know, Lulu Cities and Fall Line selling for 800000 all of a sudden that, you know, the, the mortgage is going to make it cost prohibitive for these people to do that. But for people that have older units, I think it makes great sense and it would provide immediate housing. Council members also brought up a range of other ideas, including allowing private property owners to charge for people to camp on their property, building more tiny homes, and offering money to incentivize owners of accessory dwelling units to long-term rent them. Several ideas are now on the table to potentially offer some relief to the region's housing crunch. In the coming weeks, time will tell if any of them become a reality. Folks in and around Telluride looking to get out of the region will soon have another public transit option to roam the state. Bustang Outrider is getting ready to launch a new route between Telluride and Grand Junction on weekdays. Pam Cook is the Director of Operations for Co-West Transportation, which will be running the route for the Colorado Department of Transportation. She says the trip is based around people who need medical care. And it's not just that, but because of that, we have this layover in Grand Junction. So we will be going from Telluride to Grand Junction. We'll stop at St. Mary's Hospital twice a day, the Veterans Hospital twice a day, and then also the airport up there. And then there's about a five-hour layover. So say somebody's got an appointment with the Veterans Hospital, the goal is just to get them down there, let them have that appointment, and then bring them home. Buses will leave Telluride at 7.20 a.m. and arrive in Grand Junction a little after 10 a.m., then the bus will head out from Grand Junction at 2.50 p.m. and get back to Telluride a little before 6.30, making stops along the way in both directions in Delta, Olathe, Montrose, Ridgeway, and Placerville. Tickets will range in price up to $11. Cook adds the new route will be in addition to the Durango-Grand Junction route that also runs through Telluride. But the new route will also offer something that route doesn't. Since the buses are stored in Montrose, there will be a free morning trip from Montrose to Telluride and a free evening trip back. And our hope is is that we can contribute to um, bringing workforce into the town of Telluride five days a week. That free leg will make stops at the Travel Center and Walmart in Montrose, in Ridgeway at the Family Dollar, in Placerville at the Mercantile, and in Telluride at the Park and Ride. It will head out from Montrose at 5.45 a.m. and reach Telluride around 7 a.m. and depart Telluride around 6.20 p.m. to get back to Montrose around 7.30 p.m. And since it's the same bus doing the Grand Junction trip, it will be a larger vehicle with amenities. So they have Wi-Fi, they're very comfortable, bathrooms. Cook anticipates the new route will begin running sometime in the next few weeks. It's just waiting on paperwork and buses. So the buses are in Denver. You know, they've been wrapped, putting Wi-Fi in them, so we're just waiting on them to be inspected and released to us, and then we'll start operating. 
Anyone who wants to learn more about the upcoming Telluride Grand Junction Bustang route can call Co. West at 970-728-6000. The Jack Hadley Band, a Denver blues trio, will headline the 2021 Ridgeway River Fest, a celebration of the Uncompahgre River and river recreation later this month. River races during the festival will also allow nautical competitors to race homemade and inflatable crafts, as well as rubber ducks down the Uncompahgre River for prizes and glory. There will also be a silent auction, as well as food from Double Barrel Taco and Mountain Country Barbecue, and drinks from the liquor store and Colorado Boy Pub and Brewery plus a watershed learning center where representatives from several natural resource agencies and nonprofits will share information and activities. The 14th annual Ridgeway Riverfest will take place Saturday, August 28th at Rollins Park in Ridgeway from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. More information is available at ridgewayriverfest.org. A stretch of Interstate 70 in Glenwood Canyon remains closed after the Colorado Department of Transportation preemptively shut it down on Wednesday out of an abundance of caution following a flash flood warning. I-70 opened less than a week ago following a separate closure due to mudslides. While there have been no further mudslides in the region, there has been heavy rain. CDOT says the current closure will remain in place due to an unusually high uncertainty with the weather forecast, and they will determine if it is safe to reopen when the weather clears up. Senator John Hickenlooper says he tested positive for COVID-19 after experiencing mild symptoms. Hickenlooper is one of three vaccinated U.S. senators who have announced breakthrough cases of the virus on Thursday. He says he is feeling better and will isolate. He credits the vaccine for limiting his symptoms. He is also urging Coloradans to get booster shots when they become available. Governor Jared Polis is pleading with parents upset with mask policies at their schools not to resort to threats or violence over the issue during the pandemic. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to voice your viewpoint. But it's also critical that we maintain civility and respect for those whom we disagree with, regardless of of your opinions and regardless of the decision of your district. Tensions over mask policies have led to heightened police presence at some Colorado schools. Violent altercations have been reported in other states. Many Colorado districts are requiring masks this school year based on a recommendation from the CDC. But Polis is not initiating any statewide mandate. Meanwhile, on Thursday, state lawmakers met to discuss how to spend hundreds of millions of federal coronavirus relief dollars on housing assistance programs. The months-long process kicks off when many Coloradans are struggling with housing. In resort towns, a lack of housing and high rent is contributing to worker shortages. And federal rules protecting people from evictions are expiring if virus cases drop below a certain threshold in some counties. Lawmakers expect to start voting on how to distribute the housing funds in January. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for showers and thunderstorms tonight with a low around 40 degrees. Friday should be cloudy with a chance of showers and thunderstorms and a high near 60. Friday night, expect clear skies with a low in the mid-40s. 
Saturday, calls for mostly sunny skies with a high in the mid-60s and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Saturday night should be mostly clear with a low around 50 degrees and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. This has been the news for Thursday, August 19th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hey Coda listeners, do you love your community? Do you want to help make it better? If you do, help Tri-County Health Network and other local nonprofits improve their services by telling us what our community needs to thrive. Fill out the 2021 Community Health Needs Assessment, which is a regional survey designed to better understand the needs of people who live and work in our community. You'll also get a $5 gift card for filling it out. Go to tchnetwork.org backslash health dash survey or find TCH Network staff at local farmers markets and community events. Help make our community happier and healthier and fill out the survey today. I'd like to invite you to the first annual Amplify Adaptive event to raise awareness and dollars for Telluride Adaptive Sports Program. The first annual Amplify Adaptive event will be Wednesday, August 25th from 5 to 9 p.m., featuring live music from Lavalanche, a local favorite. Admission will be by donation, whatever you're inspired to give, with 100% of the door going to Telluride Adaptive Sports Program. The pandemic has limited recent fundraising, so it's time to amplify adaptive. Suggested minimum donation at the door of $5. Bar sales will benefit the Telluride Arts District. This event is being brought to you by Nova Home Loans and Land Title. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.